Welcome to another episode of Get a Good Start. Hey folks, I started getagoodstart.com to help other people. And one of the ways I can do that is to introduce you to resources that can help you be successful. The Growth Suite is one of those partners and their mission is to provide you with the skill set, mindset, and tool set to increase your impact and income. Check out their free resources for Get a Good Start listeners over at thegrowthsuite.com slash getagoodstart. Don't forget to visit getagoodstart.com for links to our guests and a list of action items that can help you get a good start. He is a lifelong learner, founder of the media agency On Air Brands, gaining valuable life lessons from the real estate industry. He is the co-host and producer of multiple podcast shows, as well as a serial entrepreneur with many successful businesses to his credit. Please welcome to the show, Eric Cabral. Welcome, Eric. Thanks, Scott. So happy to be here. Eric, let's jump right in. Tell me, when you think of the phrase getting a good start, what does that mean to you? Well, it honestly only came to me somewhat recently, Scott, that, you know, getting a good start of the day is critical to, to, to everything. I, I, I was an employee for over 20 years working in corporate America, Fortune 100 companies, and I dreaded getting up for work. Uh, I had zero inspiration, zero drive, especially after doing it for so long. It was, it, it was Groundhog's Day. Um, so I finally broke out of the norm and, and, and got out of the rat race, creating my own businesses. And I, I only recently discovered that, you know, what everyone says, all those most successful people started a podcast to talk to them and figure it out. What are they doing? How do I get to that level? Well, they all said the same things. Wake up early, you know, meditate, exercise, eat right, go to sleep early, you know, all these things, journal. I'm like, oh my goodness, why is everybody saying the same exact thing? <laughs> so I started reason to practice. But Scott, honestly, it wasn't easy, you know, little by little, you know, I'll journal here, maybe I'll try to meditate, this doesn't make sense. I can't get the, the noise out of my head. I'll stop doing that. I'll go to the gym and then stop going to the gym. And it just it was it was a grind. I only finally, honestly, the silver lining of 2020 was getting the time and the the the, the inspiration to finally commit to meditation and yoga and regular exercise. So yeah, that's how I start my day, man. It's like I get up at 530 in the morning. Um, it's my day. The kids are asleep. My wife's asleep. It's all about me and taking care of me, which is critical, right? We got to put the oxygen mask on us before we can start to help others. So that that has become a key ingredient and, and, and you know, the good start for me. So many people have told me that that early morning riser, in fact, there's a there's a faction of people out there called the 5 a.m.ers, and they say 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., they do 20 minutes of spiritual, 20 minutes of health, and 20 minutes of mind. And they do that because they can be selfish with the morning hours, right? Like you said, no one is up, no one is doing anything. They can clear their minds and get prepared for the day in a much better way. So I, I think your answer is common to a lot of folks who are as successful as you, and certainly successful people they have their bumps and bruises. They, they're usually your, the successful people you meet got up just one more time than they fell down. And that's where they found success, right? If you could help yourself and go back in time, I'll throw you in a time machine with Michael J. Fox and send you back in a DeLorean I love that movie. to your 22 year old self. You know, what piece of advice 
knowing what you know now, would you give yourself to get yourself off to a better start? Yeah, a, a big thing that was sort of eye-opening for me when I got into you know creating businesses and my own brands, because I, I spent most of my life creating brands for others, you know, creating gigantic you know Fortune 50 uh, brands and and making them millions of dollars, billions of dollars maybe, and also you know like giving them something that. A brand you can't even put a dollar on, or you can't put a, a value on, because it's it 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 can have. Look at Nike it can, or or Apple, it has longevity. It has mm -hmm. something that just goes on forever beyond my lifespan, beyond Steve Jobs' lifespan. You know, beyond. I'm not putting myself in light with Steve. He's, you know, he's the greatest. But what I'm saying is, like, if you create something like that, well, you you transcend right? Your legacy, you, you, you become legendary. So what I started to uh, realize as I broke from the pack of, of, of corporate mindset is that um, all my life, I heard failure is not an option. You know, failure is not an option. And, and that was drilled into our mindset all throughout the 70s, 80s, 90s, as I was growing up, and my father, especially, I even have a book to keep reminding me, you know, failure is not an option. Well, I had to reprogram myself, Scott, to understand that failure is success in progress. We never, ever would have learned anything if we gave up, if we stopped trying to walk. <laughs> you know, like, hey kid, stop trying to get up and walk. What are you, you're failing at that, it's awful. You know, it's like, you have to fall, you have to bump, you have to, you know, hurt yourself in order to grow, in order to, to experience things, that is growth. And a lot of us, especially in this day and age, you know, they want to cower in their corner. They want to go say, stay safe somewhere. And I love Jim Rohn, you know, who was uh, Tony Robbins uh, mentor. You know, he's like, hey, if, if, if you want, we can put you in your bed and put the sheet over you <laughs> and we can feed you three meals a day. Yeah, and, then, and then people are like, you know, if that's how you want to play life, I'm like, but that's not exciting. That's not fun. Exactly. Exactly. Let's take risks and let's figure it out. Let's fall. Let's fail and figure it out. So let's expand upon that a little bit, Eric. Yeah. You know, there are times when you go down a path, uh, particularly in business. I've I've been down that path. I know you've been down that path where you get to the to the crossroads where you say, "Do I hang it up on this one and try another path, or do I push through the pain?" And and sometimes it's very difficult to know whether I should call it quits on this idea and go to another one or not. Have you ever had an experience like that? And if so, let's try to share with the students who listen to my podcast, what may be the telltale signs of this is a good time to pivot? Yeah, it's a good question. So surrounding yourself with others who are successful, and I don't mean monetarily, you know, or you know, they could be people that don't give up. They could be people that have a certain type of drive. They're not like everyone else, right? If you can surround yourself, and this is where your audience, I think, if they haven't heard this before, is you are the average of the five people you hang out with, or your network is your net worth. That is so true because if you surround yourself with quitters, if you surround yourself with people who have zero motivation, right? They're not inspired by life and seeing opportunities when they're in front of them. Well, then you're gonna be the same way. You know, like I love this saying by um, by um, Steve Harvey. He says, "You hang around the barbershop enough, you're bound to get a haircut. So you're mm -hmm. gonna hang with people 
who are going to inspire you and, and, and motivate you and, and you can lean on when you have those questions. Am I in the right spot? Do I need to pivot? And you can trust their advice because they have experience or they have knowledge beyond their age, right? So it's really critical to start identifying who are you speaking to every day? Who are you communicating with? And what are they doing in life that inspires you? Because then that's going to affect everything you do. I, I, I spent a lot of my life, decades, hanging with the wrong people. And that was one of the hardest things becoming a, a business owner was I got to let them go. I got to shed the old skin and become something new. And that, yeah, that's, that's, that's the biggest piece of advice. We can't stress enough that it's not just mentorships, but it's your circle of friends. It's your people who are going to give you honest feedback. You know, I always say a good friend will tell you that's an ugly shirt, you know, a, a, a polite person who is not really your friend will tell you, eh, let him go out looking like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have to have that honest feedback loop and that circle of friends who will give it to you or peers who will give it to you are the ones who are the most valuable in your group. You know, thinking about that, let's give some honest feedback to graduating, graduating college uh, seniors. What's some honest feedback we can give them about the real world in your experience <laughs> that you wish maybe somebody gave you when you were leaving school? Yeah, geez. So this could be good or bad. It, I mean, th- this this may or may not apply to everyone, but the ones that this does resonate with, they're like you. They're like me. They probably want to break from the pack. They're not normal. So, and it all depends, right? This is deep rooted from the household. You know, right. where are the parents' heads at? You know, where are they? Where where are they getting their you know beliefs, their core beliefs and values? So, you know, I get it. And I was there. My parents were not entrepreneurs, um, but I was for some weird reason. I always had a side hustle. I was always selling like uh, things that I shouldn't be selling. You know, like I would get in trouble by the principal because I was like selling blow pops and like now and laters and doing all this stuff. And then like I was making profit and then going buying comic books or I was like selling fireworks mm-hmm. out of my living room, dude. Like I would take cardboard <laughs> boxes and then I would set up stuff. And I literally had this journey. So when people walked into the room, they would see the cheaper stuff and then like the firecrackers and the sparklers. And then they'd walk deeper into the living room and they'd see like, you know, the, the Roman candles and all the stuff that's a little more dangerous. And then towards the back, it was all the birthday cakes and the big fireworks. And they, they all wanted that stuff. And I was like, no, uh-huh, that's, that's for me. Cause the Cabral <laughs> household is going to have a show for you tonight. And they wanted to buy it, but it was never the right price. But anyway, I digress. What I'm saying is that people have to, uh, what was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> the hard facts about the real world yes, advice exactly. to college students. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because they, um, we're all told and I was told go get a good job, you know, finish school, go to high school, go to college, which I did and go get a great job. And I was of that generation, um, where it was like, stay long enough where you'll get that watch. You know, you'll, you'll, you, you stay loyal. And I did, dude, I would stay in jobs for seven, eight, nine, 10 years. Sometimes yeah. a lot, you, you look at my resume, dude, I'm like seven years here, 10 years here, five years here. I was loyal. I bled corporate blue. What I found out though, now having businesses, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting an MBA through life experience. I didn't need to go to school. I didn't need college because I'm learning on the job. I'm learning by building and I'm learning by failing and I'm learning from others around me who are figuring it out and we're figuring it out together as opposed to learning how to be someone that can 
just do the job, put their nose down and work and type and do, you know, that, that wasn't me. And I, and, 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 and I never really felt true passion when I was in that, that sort of role until I would create something. I was always creating side hustles or businesses and just embraced it. Finally said, wow, I had been blind all this time and I could have done this sooner, but you know, I don't take it you know, I, I appreciate everything I learned in the, uh, you know, in the job. I mean, absolutely, um, you know, met wonderful people and had a ton of experience in order to make me really, really good, you know, and create a superpower for myself when it comes to like creative and branding. Well, I think what you're saying, if I were to distill all that down and it does apply to everyone is you have to go out and try different things and you have to try your best. You said you were loyal. I was in, I was in corporate America, 14 years, 12 years, two different companies, and I was that corporate American dream, right? They, they loved me because yeah. I was loyal. I worked hard. But what you have to do is you have to learn what you don't like. You could still do a great job, mm. still be a loyal employee, but find you have to use that experience to leapfrog you into the next one and try something else. And, and if you're doing it every day with your head down, hey, there's, world, there, there, there's jobs out there for everyone like that. If you want to be that person and just a task person, that's great. Good for you. Toll takers provide a very valuable job to people, Absolutely. right? But that's not for everybody. Neither is being an entrepreneur. Neither is going doing your own solo thing, right? Exactly. But, you know, there's a lot of things you can learn from the corporate world that can translate into other businesses. Take, for example, something we both know something about, which is the real estate industry. And I think being a landlord or being a property owner, you really learn a lot of things about a lot of stuff, right? You learn about maintenance schedules, you learn about legal stuff. But one of the things that I think we could take away from that is relationship building. And I know I have my own, but what have you learned about business relationships by owning properties? Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to go back really quick and then I'll answer that question, Scott, okay. uh, because you reminded me of something. When your audience and your, your, your community is listening to this and, you know, like you said, it's fine. Get a job. You're going to learn a ton and they're going to pay you to learn, right? right. Fan freaking tastic. Um, but when you're asking how much am I going to make, think about it again. Don't ask how much am I going to make, but think to yourself, what am I going to become as a result of taking this position, this job, this opportunity, because I am going to learn X, Y, Z. This is gonna get me closer to my goal. This is gonna get me closer to what I wanna do later in life. So always ask the question, not what am I gonna make or how much I'm gonna make, who am I gonna become as a result of taking this opportunity? So I just wanted to put that out there because you're right, I don't wanna misguide anyone. You know, I definitely appreciated and experienced a ton and learned a ton in corporate America. But now in this phase of my life, raising a family, right? Having to provide food on the table and create mm -hmm. legacy wealth, um, meaning, you know, investing, you know, investing in myself and investing in, you know, property and stocks, all that stuff, you know, different phases of life. So yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. So relationship building and owning properties, what have I learned? Mm -hmm. Or what have I learned? Well, what, yeah. what has owning properties and having to deal with all the different people you have to taught you about business relationships? Because we 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 both know that business relationships are just relationships, and it, you 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 port them and say, "Oh, they're business because I met them through a business." But really, you create business relationships from people you've had regular relationships with, 
Relationships are the foundation for almost everything we do. And certainly in, in the real estate world, you have to have a lot of relationships with people to make your properties grow and prosper and be a good uh, landowner or property owner. And what are some, you know, relationship building things you've learned from those mm. experiences? Yeah, I love that. Um, uh, relationships is everything. It's everything. It's the lifeblood of business and life. If you don't have relationships and you don't form and nurture and pay attention to and care genuinely about what other people are trying to do in their life, then it's not going to work. It's not necessarily going to be something that you're going to be good at growing because in order to grow a business and a brand, and even in your life, you have to genuinely give a crap about people. You have to listen to what they're saying and try to figure out what are their pain points? What are they telling me here? Where do they struggle? How can I help them? Because ultimately, if you're thinking about others and how I can help them, it will come back to you. Uh, I love this analogy where it's like, people are always like, how, what are you going to pay me? And, and, you know, me, 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 versus thinking about offering value to people in some way through your skill set, and then not expecting the return right away. Whether it comes or not, it will come. But I liken it to... Um, lightning, right? And thunder. The lightning is the value that you provide in someone's life and the thunder will come. Inevitably it comes. And that is what you can expect and have confidence and trust in that, that, that will occur. So when I want to tell you a quick story about relationship building is when I left corporate America, I didn't know anything about real estate. I was a right brain creative guy, Mm -hmm. Right. And I didn't know anything about numbers and analyzing, uh, you know, deals and all that stuff. So I jumped headfirst in, you know, of course, got got approval from the CEO of the household, my wife. And I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, leaving the job. You know, what do you think? And she's like, OK, let's look at how much savings we have. OK, I think we got some cushion here. You could probably survive a year or two. I'm like, fantastic. She's like, what you thinking about doing? I'm like, real estate. And she's like, what are you talking about, dude? You don't know anything about real estate. I'm like, exactly. So I started attending meetings. I started looking online. I started networking with people and asking questions and saying, Hey, what are you doing? How are you doing it? Can we meet up? Can I have, can I buy you coffee? Can I buy you dinner? Can I help you in any way? And of course, every person I met in real estate had zero creativity. They don't know anything about branding, marketing, websites, social media. They're all about the numbers, the numbers, property, toilets, you know? And I'm like, I can help you. What do you need help with? I'll create a brand for you. I'll create a video. I'll do a website. I'll do social media marketing. That grew into a company. First, I was freelancing. I was just like, okay, I'll take that guy. I'll help him. He's helping me. He's teaching me about real estate. We're bartering. And I'm, 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 I'm driving around with him, looking at properties and learning a ton and gaining from the experience. But then at the same time on the back end, I'm helping him build a brand. I'm helping him and I'm doing it for free. Dude, not only this, um, I, I would show up to real estate meetings and I was totally green, totally nervous, didn't know anyone in the room, but you know what? I stayed till the end and I always made friends with whoever led the meeting, whoever was on stage. I'd sidle up next to them and I'd ask them questions, questions, questions. Long to the point, dude, where I'm putting chairs on the table. Here, here I am. I made over six figures in corporate America. Now I'm putting chairs up on the table at 1030 at night. You got to be humble. 
You got to eat humble pie once in a while. If you want to grow, you want to learn, you want to experience something beyond what you can imagine because people help people if you help them. One of the philosophies, a good friend of mine, Dr. Dave, he would help other people and he would walk into a room and he would meet Eric and he would say, Hey, Eric, what do you do? And you would say, well, I have a, uh, I have a marketing agency. Give me your business card. He would, instead of giving his business card, he would ask for a business card. He would flip mm -hmm. the script and he would mm -hmm. take those business cards and he would go around to all his friends. He goes, listen, you need a marketing guy. I got a guy. Here he is. You got to give him a call. Tell him, tell him Joey sent you. Boom, boom. And he would do this with every type of person he met. If he had any little bit of a connection to them, he would do that selflessly. He would just hand out other people's business cards, not his own, mm. other people's business cards. Yes. And that relationship building thing of flipping the script, helping others, being selfless, you do it without any expectation, anything coming back to you. And it miraculously, it comes back to you. Of all the social media tools and things out there that you've ex had experience with, college students got a network. And LinkedIn is the number one thing out there, right? But there's a lot of other newer technologies coming out there, a lot of newer uh, platforms out there, and I've heard about a few. But I'd like to get your quick take on what you think are the, the better tools for, for business social networking. So right now, as we record this podcast, I mean, Clubhouse is hot, right? Clubhouse mm -hmm. is everything um, as far as like getting in the room with amazing people, and being able to learn a ton. I was in a room when Clubhouse first launched, Grant Cardone was on stage, um, along with Damon John of Shark Tank and all these people that were, at, and, and, and it wasn't just the, the dozens of people that are amazing on stage, just sharing and sharing and sharing for free, right? These guys charge tens of thousands of dollars for their, their educational services. They're giving it to us. I'm in the room with like other people are in the audience listening with like Puff Daddy, mm -hmm. you know, with 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 all these major people, Quincy Jones, I think, or maybe his son. There was like Quincy Jones Jr. There was like people in the room with me. And I'm like listening with us. And I'm like, this is amazing. I have never seen a platform where thought leaders mm -hmm. get on stage at no charge and just give, 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 give. So um, I, I recommend Clubhouse for anyone who wants to learn a ton, get in the right rooms, make sure that those are thought leaders that have experience because there is a, a tendency for people to get on stage and they don't know that much and they're just sharing ideas. I'm like, okay, is that, is that the right advice? <laughs> but um, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of opportunities in Clubhouse. Um, like you said, Facebook is, is really a powerful uh, tool and I wanna highlight that word. It's a tool mm -hmm. in your tool belt. It is not something for consumption. If you can flip the script and see Facebook as what it is and the power that's behind it as a tool for you to build business and relationships versus using it as something to consume. Because to me, if you consume your newsfeed and you watch every, what everyone else is doing, it's not going to help you. It's right. It's not, it's, 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 it's eating junk food for me. So I, when I curated my newsfeed, it mm -hmm. changed everything. You know, you know, no offense to friends and family, but I, I unfollowed a lot of them because it was a distraction to what I was doing. And then I started to follow all the people that I was meeting at networks and business. Now that's all I get inspiration, you know, things to learn, you know, inspiring others. So a lot, I think it takes some work and discipline, but yeah, I mean, that, it's, it's, it's leveraging those tools for what they, they're, they're best at, which is creating connections and networking. Eric, we're going to finish up with a question that's really in your wheelhouse here that I was thinking about as we were, we were talking. 
a lot of uh, young students. I know my son, who is now 17, he's he's tried his hand at podcasting. Mm. Um, and uh, a lot of students find that that's a way to break into the solopreneur areas, providing value through a podcast. Let's give so, your, your, your top advice to anyone who wanted to start a podcast. What's the most important thing to think about? Same as, as earlier, what are you going to become? So selfishly, when you start the podcast, you're, it's going to be about you, right? Um, I, I, I started my podcast for me. Like this was a marketing tool. This was a way for me to start my personal brand and get some mm -hmm. awareness. I was doing a lot of different things, as you can see, you know, real estate, creative, you know, podcast, all this stuff. I was like, I'm confusing people. They are, every time I meet my friends or family or, you know, business partners are like, what do you do again? I'm like, you seem to do everything. I was like, oh, this is a nice one-stop shop for me to tell my story. So selfishly, that's what I did. But over time, I started to realize as the community started to grow and listenership started to grow, I'm like, whoa, people are actually taking the advice that I'm giving. So if you're at a point where you don't have a ton of experience and you don't feel comfortable giving advice, well, talk about what you are passionate about, right? If it's gaming, you know, it's talk about all the stuff you just invested in. You just bought all this equipment. You bought new joysticks. You bought our cameras because you want to go on Twitch. Well, there's, there's, there's something that you figured out. There's something that you have done that others haven't done. Share that with the world. Share that with people you know, document the journey, as Gary always says, and then people will show up, people will pay attention, because not because they want to know it's necessarily learn, yes, they come for that. But then they get to learn and know and like you for what you're doing. And then anything you do after that is gravy, because now they're like, Oh, I love Scott, he used to talk about this. Now he's talking about this, but I followed his journey, because I like mm -hmm. him. Eric, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on the show today. I think the PodMax event and, and what you're putting on with your group is truly amazing. Uh, if you want to know more about it, listeners, go to podmax.co, P-O-D-M-A-X.co, and you can get in contact with Eric through me, through the website, getagoodstart.com. Eric, thank you again for coming on the show. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me, Scott.